Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Thank you, worship team. Aren't they amazing? They do a great job every week leading us in worship and praise. And we're going to potentially have some worship nights over the summer. I've been in my heart where we come in and maybe we don't do a morning service that day, but that we have a night where we just come in and worship and spend time in his presence. And, uh, and the team just found out about then as I, I announced it, so now they're thinking about it already. But we're going to try and do some things, because there is some things here. Got to have a very important thing here going on. Today we're kicking off a new series. And I'm excited about the series that we're kicking off, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know what it is. Um, had a new experience. I've been in Canada uh, seven years now, actually. I'm from Australia. It's great to have some new faces with us today and some people returning into restriction-free church. It's a beautiful thing. And so we're so glad, however you've found yourself here today. And um, Brad had a bunch of uh, components of things going on, a bunch of plates spinning there. Well done in doing that, Brad. But if you missed any of the announcements or anything, you can sign up to our social media, sign up on our website to E! News. That's the best way to find it all out. But I had a recent experience of I got to go ice fishing in minus 50 degrees. Yeah, has anybody been ice fishing before? Yeah, what about in minus 50 degrees? It's not a comp rod I use to use shing rods, but I grew up fishing. I'm from Australia, uh, Tasmania. And I did all kinds of fishing. Actually, for the first probably 20 years of my life, there wasn't a week gone by where I didn't do some form of fishing. Fishing in rivers, in the ocean. My dad and I would go shark fishing. Um, And shark, before you go, hey, what's that guy doing catching shark? FYI, fun little fact, if you've ever had fish and chips before from a takeaway store, there's a good chance you were eating shark. So don't you judge me. Don't you judge me. But it's a great thing. But I love fishing. And here's the thing about about fishing though. For anyone who's done it, do we have any fisher people in here? Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, one, one amen. It's awesome. We, um, everything that drive fishing, you need to have bait, you need to do all different things, but there's slightly different ways depending on the conditions that you find yourself in and depending on what kind of species of fish you're catching, there's different ways you actually end up going fishing. The experience is, is very good go fishing at time. And uh, one thing, though, my dad used to always say to me before we'd go fishing, and this is kind of a a saying, and we'd look out to the ocean, and it was too rough to go fishing, and we shouldn't have been out there, or it was raining, it was cold, and it was was, um, wet, and we didn't want to go, but he'd say, well, mate, because that's what we say, mate, he'd say, you won't catch a fish if you don't have a rod in the water. Talking about our our testimony, sharing our faith, evangelism, we're talking about the call to be fishers of men and women, and that's how Jesus puts it in the Bible. So remember the fishing rod here, and think fast. No, just kidding. But um, could have took an eye out there and got a lawsuit, but let's get that out of the way. So I'm super excited about this series, and God's been stirring in me the heart to be a church 
that we, I love gathering together. I love that we get to fellowship. Some of the most important and holy moments of being together is actually not even in the service. It's connecting afterwards. It's having a coffee together as people. But we're actually called to reach the world around us. To be fishers of men and women is actually called to share faith with others. And uh, so that's what we're going to look at this month. Today, I want to look at the, the kind of the, the why and the what. And then over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll look and explore some ways of how we can do that. Because it can be nerve-wracking, right, to share our faith with someone. It can be awkward. It can be weird at times to actually do that. But I know that the Bible has some great keys for us in that, um, in that we can explore it and actually look at what Jesus did and how he did it and how we can share. So if you're a Christian here today... I'm sure there's somebody in your life that you want to experience Jesus. Is that right? You want to share your faith with. Yeah. And, and if you're a Christian here today and you don't have somebody in your life that isn't, isn't a Christian, then here's the step in evangelism. Get out and meet some people. Amen. That's an awesome thing. But we can get so trapped in our own bubble. Like try being in a pastor of a church. You can get so caught up in your own world and it's only Christians around you. You have to be super intentional of when you're, for me, when I take my kids to the playground or the park that I'm looking around and going, God, is there someone you want me to meet today? Um, when we join, join, I don't know, do what you need to do. Join a chess club, join a fishing club, join something where you get to meet other people. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian. Maybe you've been brought along with someone. Maybe you're exploring your faith. Maybe you're not even sure if you believe in God today. Don't think that this month isn't the, for you. Why would a Christian want me to become one? There's an accusation at the church where they just want to convert or the preacher just wants to convert me. Here, here's what I can say with 100% confidence today. Yes, I 100% want you to become a Christian. But it's not for the sake of numbers or things it's, or whatever. It's because... God so loves you and is for you. And Jesus paid a huge price wherever our cross is. It's on this side here, on the cross, so that you could have a relationship with God. And for me to not want you to convert and to learn that and to become and follow Jesus would be the most selfish thing that I could do. We're going to explore that. So I, you're always welcomed here for the res. You like the fellowship. But if unapologetic that I want you to become um, a follower of Jesus because it's the greatest decision you can ever make. And you'll get to hear a bit of the why behind that, hopefully through this series of why I am passionate about this, why we are passionate about this as a church. You know, a recent Barna study found that 44% of Gen Z Christians, so that's 24 and under, so followers of Jesus, 44% felt that it's wrong to share a part of the personal belief of someone of a different faith in hopes that they'll become a part of the same faith. So 44% of Gen Z thinks it's actually morally wrong to share your faith. 47% of millennials think that it is somewhat wrong. Followers of Christ actually aren't sure or think that it is wrong to want someone else to become a Christian. Maybe that's you, you here today. And here's the thing. I, I believe the Bible's very clear. That, that directly contradicts the teachings of Jesus. And not only that, but unintentionally, if we hold to that worldview, and we're not word, we come together because we want to get a word view. We don't want to get a world view of what's wokeness influences or any of those things. The word is more important for us than anything else in directing us. And I believe the Bible tells us that we should share our faith, should love other people, but um, but also, what am I trying to say? Here? Uh, loves um, that the Jesus our faith and share Jesus with others. It's unintentionally one of the most unloving things we can do. 
to not share Jesus with people out of love and care and respect is actually unintentionally one of the most unloving things we can do. So today we're looking at the, the, the should we and the why, and then this next few weeks um, we're going to talk about the how. So the series is called Testify. I think it'll come up there. There'll be some nice, awesome screen saying testify because we're talking about our testimony, telling our story, telling the story of Jesus. So Matthew 4 and Matthew 28, if you have your Bibles and you want to go to heaven, turn there. Just kidding. But we're a church that brings out and some of our Bibles. But 8 verse 16, we're talking about the very start of Jesus' ministry and one of, the, one of the things he says at the start and then one of the things he says at the end. In Matthew 4, 18, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, so him being Jesus. He saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of man. And then fast forward three years later to Matthew 28, one of the last words said as Jesus was on the earth with us, he continued to speak through the early church and the scriptures. But while he was present, um, after his death, burial, and and resurrection, and he's called to resurrected them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the great commission that Jesus gives, the the great direction to all believers. Now, the question could be said, is that just for the disciples who were gathered there? And some people do hold to that belief, that, that it was for that 11 in the early church to, to go out and do this. But I actually believe in, and I think the Scripture supports that it's actually the end of the age. Jesus didn't just have those 11 disciples in mind. He had till the end of the age of this is what the church does. This is what believers do to go out and make disciples. How that looks can be different for all of us at might be very different for you to me up the front here preaching and and pastoring and all these things, but we're all called to be a part of the Great Commission, the Great Mission, and we're all called to be fishers of man. So the Bible does say that there is a mantle of an evangelist. Does everyone know what an evangelist is? Like when we say evangelist, yeah, it's an overused word, so we can kind of sometimes think, oh, that's a bit funny, a bit cheesy, a bit dated. But, but the Bible actually uses the word evangelism, and there's a mantle of an evangelist. And we find the fivefold ministry in, in Ephesians uh, 4, is it? Yeah, 4, 11 to 13, that talks about um, that, that Christ himself has given apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers and evangelism called to be an evangelist these people who are evangelists who are called does not excuse or negate all of us from doing the work of an evangelist for those that god brings into our life directed by his spirit of course first peter three fifteen. always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that is in you. Does anyone have hope in Jesus today? I have so much hope. I look around the world, I don't have hope. I look at my own ability. And for anyone that has that hope, it says that we're always got to be prepared to, to have a defense, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Hello, there's a whole part of the reason why maybe evangelism has a, has a um, bad connotation sometimes. We forget the, the gentleness and respect. Psalm 105, even in the Old Testament, says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. We're meant to share what God's doing, share who He is, not just to 
Christians, not just to the person who comes in us, but actually to all the peoples we're meant to glorify. So I want to give us four points on why I believe we should be evangelists. We should share our faith. Remembering if you don't follow Jesus here today, then you're getting to hear the inside scoop on why my heart, my passion, our church's passion is that one day you'd get to place your faith in him and trust him as well. And, uh, and you'll get to learn some stuff as well. And maybe God will actually be moving on your heart. And even the words I'm saying might not directly be speaking to you, but we don't come to church just for the words that are said, but what the Holy Spirit speaks when we gather together. So the first point I believe not only should we, should we be evangelists, but we should be intentional in sharing our faith, is this. Jesus told us to, and the Bible tells us to. Now, we really kick back against this idea, but one of the reasons we should do it is out of obedience to God. That comes down upon us, and we do have these moments in our life. We've had miraculous things take place. Even in the last couple of weeks in the life of this church, there's been multiple miracles take place for people in different ways. God does visit in miraculous ways. But sometimes we should share our faith out of obedience because God has told us to. The Bible tells us that obedience is actually, uh, God prefers obedience more than even sacrifice. So the follower of Christ, our, our heart is to obey Him. Um, not out of some slave-like mentality that we must obey to love, but out of a place of being fully loved by God. You know, when I'm on a fishing trip, and uh, generally I, I go on a couple of these a year with Brit's side of the family, or when I'm back in Tasmania, which I haven't been back in Tasmania in many, many years, um, but there's someone by default, normally it's the oldest person on that fishing trip who is the master fisherman, and we must obey that person, even when we don't feel like it. Um, I'm blessed with a great family on both sides. And, but but uh, people, as they get older, we tend to get stuck in our ways. Am I right? Like, like, and so I was on a fishing trip with Brittany's um, grandparents. It's so cool to see. So from Brittany's nephew, my sons haven't been able to come yet. Um, but Brittany's nephew has. So not only is there his generation and then his dad, my brother-in-law, and then his but great-grandpa to my nephew or my grandpa is the, is the master that we must obey in that setting. Don't tell him I said that. And even when it's not like we feel something we naturally feel would be the right thing to do, out of respect and honor and love for him, we obey him when he directs us. This is the same with God. Because we love him, because we're in relationship with him, even when our flesh doesn't want to do something, we obey out of a love for God. Maybe you can relate, like in, in marriage with Brittany, in that relationship for me, um, when sometimes Brittany tells me to do something, and I really don't want to do it. But I do it because I love her. This is the same with God. Sometimes in our evangelism, in sharing our faith, we might not feel like it. We might not want to do it. We might be busy. We might be distracted. But out of a love for God and knowing that He has instructed us, we need to just obey and share God with people i got to scoot along quick here. Um, but it's something that's hard for all of us. Even as a pastor, it's not my, something I can do. I'm not always looking around going, who can I? I actually have to be very intentional and go, actually, I'm placed on this planet to share my faith with someone. And so are you, to share what God's doing. You know, we have, even sometimes we can have valid reasons in our mind not to share our faith. Well, they're not ready yet. Well, they won't accept Jesus. But that's not what we're told to do. We're told to obey. 
to go out into the world and make disciples. We see this in the Old Testament with the story of Jonah. Who knows the story of Jonah? Yeah, amazing here. Really, it could be summarized like this. God says, go. Jonah says, no. God says, oh. And then Jonah ends up going through a process. But Jonah was a prophet in the Old Testament, but really he was an evangelist. He was called to preach to the Ninevite, the Ninevite people, go to Nineveh, um, and, and preach the, the word. And he didn't want to, and he actually ran from God, and there's a whole story that takes place. But, but even the prophet, even the great the Jonah, who's named in the Bible, nature didn't want to. Uh, God's people can be hard, but we need to rest in the knowledge, knowing that God is good, God knows what's best, and when he instructs us to do something, he knows the outcome and the big picture, even if short-term, it, it doesn't seem to work. That includes sharing our faith with others. So the second thing in why we need to be intentional in our evangelism, and I believe we should be, it is that it's the most loving thing you can do for another, is share your faith, share your story, to testify. Um, John Bevere gives this story. John Bevere, who's heard of John Bevere? He's a speaker and an author and an itinerant minister, and he's blessed so many people and seen many people come to the Lord. And, but he shares this story that he, he didn't grow up Christian or anything. All his friendships over the last few years, he was so excited about Jesus, he wanted to meet with them and tell them about Jesus. And so he tracked them down, and he'd share what God did in his life, and, um, which is a, an awesome thing to do. Maybe some of you guys have experienced that. You, you weren't Christian. You became one. You just want to shout it from the rooftops. You want to tell everybody. And he went to track down one of his buddies from college that he sat in class with for a, a long amount of time and, um, and sat there every day for years with him. And he said, met up, and they were shooting the breeze. And then he said, look, I, I want to tell you something. I, I've given my life to Jesus. And his buddy went, amazing, I'm a Christian too. That's so good. And John was like, wow, we've both become Christian. Well, well when did you become one? And the guy, Christian, I, I was next to you. And, and John said the feeling that he had when he found out that he sat next to a friend every day, year after year, who was holding such an amazing, beautiful thing and the guy never shared that with him. He felt unloved and unsupported and, and uncared for. And he was just mind blown that someone could sit and have something so precious. I keep going to point here. Is the cross ever over the side? Or have I just imagined that my whole life? So precious in Jesus, so precious in the cross that, we, that that person wouldn't share that with him. He was mind blown. Charles Spurgeon says the of souls. If we love someone as a follower of Christ, we will want them to place their faith in him and experience Jesus as well. Plain and simple. No way around it. D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of our time, leading uh, over the last couple hundred years, leading many people to, to Jesus, says one that they're just in the context that you shouldn't be the guy on the street necessarily screaming to someone that they're they're going to hell. That's not, what, that's not gentleness and respect, as the Bible tells us. But he says no one should be able to tell someone they're going to hell without tears in their eyes. This is huge, guys. What we have should move us. Everybody needs to have an opportunity to experience it. It could be like, let's put it into a practical term. If, if, uh, if someone found the cure to cancer in a jar, you may have heard this analogy before, and, and, and I, I found it, and I was able to use it and cure my cancer. That would be an amazing thing. Uh, but then if I was to keep it to myself and not share that, wouldn't that be awful? Wouldn't that be 
like so unloving to have the cure to cancer right there in a jar. And because I, I wasn't sure if someone would believe me, I wasn't sure if someone was ready to get it, or I wanted to keep that to myself. I didn't want to put myself out there. That would be one of the most unloving things a person could do. Answer and the eternal problem of separation from God. We have something greater than that, but so often we want to keep it to ourselves. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. We have eternal life at stake for people who don't know Jesus. And we get that, and we need to be a people who can share that with others. It's the most loving thing we can do. Do we love our friends, our family members, the people around us enough to invite them into the most life-changing thing? and their eternity will be changed. Number three of why I think we should. Um, I had the most absolute frustrating experience fishing with my family last year on the lakes. And that was that on that day, my nephew, my 12-year-old nephew, was catching fish, and I wasn't catching any. And it got to the point, no one was catching any. He was catching fish. And, and like, are you here today, Micah? You're not here. He's not a good fisherman. The fish to my life fish. And I'm a seasoned fisherman. I'm good at that. I don't want to be arrogant, but I've fished him. But he was catching all the fish. And we're sitting on a boat together. And, um, and this is during COVID, but we went socially distancing. I started to move so close to him. I was shoulder to shoulder because I was like, he knows the right spot to catch the fish. And they still wouldn't bite my line. I'm back because I got so many. Um, I, I managed to see the color, the jig that he had on. So I put the same color on. I sat right next to him. And as he was jigging, I was doing the exact same motions. And I still couldn't catch a fish. He was catching all the fish that day. And that's the reality, actually, for each one of us, that God's placed us around people and within people's lives that only are going to respond to you when you share your faith different to how they would respond to me. There's people placed in your life that only uh, in this season of time, they would be shut off from hearing anything about God, or anything about Jesus, anything about the Word, except if you shared it. That's the way God's made it. I, I take it up with Him. It's the reality of the life we live. Just like when I'm sitting there and, and Micah could only catch those fish and I was catching none and I just wanted to push him over the boat into the water. <laughs> the reality is there's people in your life that will only jump onto the line that you give them. But you won't catch a fish if you don't have your rod in the water. If you're not actually in some way planting seeds and sharing faith. This happened as well. Like Brittany, when she moved to Tasmania um, with my sister, who I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I, I became a Christian in um, we were a non-practicing Christian family. I guess we would have called ourselves one, but I gave my life to the Lord as a teenager. And my brother had as well, my older brother, first, and he'd been by if I'd been trying to share faith with her and, and share Jesus with her. And, um, and she was respectful, but we just never seemed to see any progress. And then Brittany moved to Tasmania, and one day they were hanging out and totally unchurch-related, totally nothing to do with it. They went and did something. They drove home one day, and Brittany just felt like the presence of God came upon the car, and um, she was dropping my sister off, and, and my sister didn't leave. And Brittany just felt to say, hey, have you ever accepted Jesus? And my sister just broke down just like that, catching any. <laughs> There's something about you and that person on your heart that God's probably even revealing now in this service that only you can reach. And if it was me, that they it wouldn't. And you've been placed in their life to share Jesus. 
So we need to be intentional because there's some people only you can reach. The fourth thing is, is that it's actually, this is secondary to any of that. This is secondary to obedience to God, secondary to the most loving thing you can do, secondary to the fact that you've been placed with people that only you can reach. But actually, the fourth thing is it's the best thing for our relationship with God to share our faith with others. What happens when you're fishing on the lake sometimes and and no one's catching any fish, it starts to get very boring. Some of you guys get bored in a couple minutes. That's why you've only ever fished once in your life. But I, I can last a little longer. If it starts to get bored, Mike is my neighbor, runs fidgeting, and I'm starting to fidget. And, but then someone gets a bite. Something happens, and someone catches a fish. And all of a sudden, when you catch that fish, the first after a long time, life comes back, and the experience changes. And it goes from being the most boring experience in the world, the most stale. Why am I out here in the rain and the cold and fishing doing this? But when you catch a fish, you go, this is the best thing ever. This is amazing. I love fishing. It's never boring. <laughs> but the reality is, I believe, and I know I've experienced in, in my life, the best thing for my relationship with God is having people in my life who don't know Jesus and I'm getting to, to share that with them or people who have reached person, the first love of that when they first love Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? The best thing for us can sometimes be having people who don't know Jesus and then they know Jesus. We get to see our relationship with God through new eyes and remember that moment of going from darkness to light, for many from hell to heaven, and it changes our perspective and actually, it would be the best thing all my heart. I, I, I love this church so much. And the best thing for us is that we would be a church that continuously brings in unchurched people that don't know Jesus. Continually brings in people that want to argue about Jesus with us. Or continually brings in people that have had a bad experience with God and have backed off. Because the best thing for us as a life of church, of church is to be, have people who are mature disciples and brand new people who then go on the journey. And that comes in. And we are called to reach the lost in the city. And if we want to have a great, continue to have a great church, a great church experience, it's going to involve us looking outwards and bringing people in. I've never been to Disneyland. Has anybody here been to Disneyland? Yeah. For a little boy from the other side of the world, um, like that's like the wildest dream ever that someone would go to Disneyland. Now it's a little bit closer to reality, but I haven't been there yet. But I, I know a guy who grew up quite close to Disneyland, so they would get a season pass to go to Disneyland, like jealous, right? But here's the thing. He said, after like 10 times of going to Disneyland, after 10 times of going to Disneyland, um, <laughs> You know, after like the 10th time, it actually starts to get a little bit boring. You start to see that it's not quite what it, what it is in, in growing up. And the more times you go to it, it actually becomes a little less exciting every time, a little more stale every time. You start to see things as a little bit cheesy or a little bit like outdated and, and these kind of things. But this guy, so, so he did that growing up and moved away. But he said the experience of getting to take his kids back to Disneyland, who had never got to experience it, made him feel like it was the first time ever going to Disneyland. That's what we need in our life with our relationship with God sometimes. Some of us think our relationship with God is uh, we're offended or we've had a bad experience or maybe church isn't for me. Maybe my relationship with God isn't with that anymore. And maybe it's not any of those things. It's actually the fact that we don't have someone in our life that we're sharing our faith with that we can bring in and have that Disneyland experience of what it is, the, the amazing thing that it is that we have here. 
the best thing for us in our relationship with God is to share our faith with others. Okay, so I'm going to summarize this next point super quick here because I know the times are ticking. But this is super important, and this is in me uh, for our church. So we'll actually probably explore this a few times this year, the where to be fishers of men and women, where to cast that rod out, and it's somebody's doing these things. How, you might ask? Well, we're going to continue to look at that over the next few weeks. But the, a question that we sometimes have and I've had is, so are we meant to all be someone who, who speaks about our faith or can we just live it and people will see it? And I believe the answer to that is yes. Both. There's a famous saying often accredited to Francis of Assyria, and it's a great saying. And if you have this on your fridge, you don't have to go and take it down by any means. I've preached this saying, and it's actually accredited to Francis, but it's one of those fake quotes. He never said it. But preach the gospel and use words if necessary. What that's trying to say is, like, like don't minimize how much you talk about God and just live it. He didn't say that. But it's also because he was known as the guy. He's pictured with birds often in the pictures of, of St. Francis because he was known for every day on his um, on his walk to the monastery, he would be sharing his faith with people, and if he didn't come across any people, he'd preach to the birds. So I'm not sure if the guy who was preaching to birds would say, don't preach. Just saying, just saying. But Matthew 5 verse 13, there is an element that our lives are meant to be evangelistic in how we live. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, and a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither to light a lamp and put it under. Shining Jesus, preaching with our lives. And salt in the context of, of the time that the Scripture was written was even more important than salt is today. So most of us can live without our salt to a degree today, but salt was something that preserved food. They didn't have refrigerators. They, they would salt a lot of the their meats, and it would stop deterioration, and it would stop um, parasites and bacteria. Of, it would preserve. There's an element of the way that we live that's meant to preserve our society and, and the world around us and to, to, to show that something's taking place. I should bring it on, but something else that salt does, what else does salt do? Looking, he's sneaking into the cupboard and getting um, salt out and getting a little, little salt hit. <laughs> And so I'll come around the corner, and he's like, I'm like, what happened, buddy? He's like, nothing. I'm like, you're eating the salt again, kid. <laughs> Some of you guys can relate to that. You're laughing, but you have a little salt sachet in your pocket. You get a little hit of salt occasionally. You know what I'm saying? But here's what happens. Very shortly afterwards, something happens. Daddy, daddy, I'm thirsty. I need a drink. Salt preserves, but salt is actually meant to make people thirsty. Or it does, the effect of salt is it makes people thirsty. When we're living as salt in this earth, they're meant to thirst for what we have. So there is an element of our life. And you heard it here today. You can hashtag this. Pastor Stephen said it. Christian people who who have salt. But what it's actually meant to generate and, and go to is a conversation. An opportunity that someone will say, hey, hey, why is it that you can get through that storm like that and I couldn't? Why is it that you have a smile on your face, even though life's not working out and, and around your circumstance? Why is it that, that you, you have a hope that I don't have, that salt is meant to make a thirst where we get to go on and share? Romans 10, and can I have the band come back up? Thank you for hanging in with me an extra few minutes today, all. We'll blame Brad, but it was really that we just gave him lots of components today. And I love our time of communion together. It's so important. Every element of church has a purpose and a reason, and is just as holy as another 
another part of it. So don't ever think we're just trying to, after time of hanging out together. But I believe, sorry, let me finish that point. So our salt and light is meant to shine through our lives. But Romans, contrast that with Romans 10, 14, that says, how then can they, talking about people who don't know Jesus, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who brought the good news. So this scripture is saying that actually there's an element of hearing about Jesus preaching up front, not because you wouldn't do a better job or anything, but because God's placed us all in a part of the body to bring our faith, to share our story, to preach through our actions and our words in a different way. So today in closing, I guess, I'm challenging us, C3 Calvary Central and myself included, to do the work of an evangelist. It's something we are morally obligated to do if we know Jesus because we're called to love those around us. For some of that, for some of us, it'll be a very direct thing. Hey, to one of your buddies, we need to have a conversation about Jesus. Name the time, name the spot, we're doing it. I gotta have one of these in a couple weeks, I think, because I'm gonna see someone that I, I might not ever get to see again. And I found him. That's great news after... Um, Three and a half years, I'm going to get to see my mom and dad again, which is exciting. They're coming at the end of the month. But I'm going to have to have a conversation with my dad around faith and what God's doing in his world. So maybe it's someone you're going to get that experience as well, that you feel that you need to be direct and say, hey, we got to talk about your eternity. But for some of us, it'll be an invitation. Hey, you know, I'm part of a church, and I was wondering if you'd like to come on a Sunday morning with me to a service. See what it's like. 34% of Christians say they're comfortable inviting people to church. 84% of people who don't go say they would go if they're invited. There's a 50% disconnect between Christians who are willing to invite people and people who are willing to come. Starting this, uh, this week at church called Alpha, and it's all about exploring questions about God, life and faith. I was thinking you and I could be a part of it together. Hey, my church is having some dinner parties. Would you like to come? Maybe it's an invitation. And for others, it'll be planting seeds along the way. That perhaps you won't even see something happen in their life as you share your faith and your testimony. But the planting of that seed will then go on later in life for somebody to water and lead that person to Jesus. And you can plant seeds like this. Hey, this may seem strange, but I love to pray. And I was just wondering if there's anything I can pray for you today. I've never had somebody reject me from praying then. Even the most hardcore of my atheist verse, I thought it would encourage you. Evangelism isn't always seeing someone give their life to Jesus, but it can be planting seeds along their way that someone else can water and they'll grow. i got to finish up. I could keep going on. I, I'm so pumped up about evangelism and, the, and the, the call in our church body to be a people who would share our faith. So let's stand in this place and, and close off the service here. I'm going to pray for us. And if you have people on your heart and on your mind and you're feeling a stir of sharing your faith too, I want to pray for you right now. So if that's you, you can uh, put your hands out in front of you as we close the service and pray today. But you're saying, I want to share my faith. I want to become, I don't know how God, but I want to sometime this year share my faith, share you with somebody. Let's uh, I thank you right now. You're stirring in our C3 Calgary Central that we'd be a people who will do the work of an evangelist. So we will not be ashamed of the gospel and the good news in our lives and that we'll be able to share that, Lord. So I thank you. You're taking us on a journey. 
I thank You, Lord God, that You have each one of us. You have placed us with people in circumstances where You're wanting us to shine brightly. You're wanting us to be salt. And You're wanting us to start to speak out the good things You're doing in our lives. So Lord, we don't know how to do it on our own. I don't know how to do it on my own. Holy Spirit, so I pray You would direct us, You would guide us, and You would make us passionate about sharing You with the world around us. Not because we uh, want to say that we got more notches on our belt. We don't want to just build something for the sake of building, but we want to see people come from dark to light. We want to see people enter into eternity with You and know that they're secure. And no matter what their life's like in the natural, God, they'd be able to know that they're in relationship with God. Their sins are forgiven and they're a new creation in You and they'll be moved. So I thank You. You're stirring in all of us the work of an evangelist. And we'll continue to unpack and explore this over the weeks to come. In the Name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope that is anyone excited about the series this month. I know I am. So let's close the service. It's that time. Um, if you don't know Jesus, you're in this place. I'd love to meet with you after him and some prayer teams standing around. Um, let's hang out We're here today. Parties out the back there. Sign up to an Alpha course. Don't rush off. But thank you for being here today. And let's go out those doors this week and know we've been placed with the purpose of the great commission of getting to make disciples. And the discipleship process starts with somebody encountering Jesus. Amen. Have a great week, church. Thank you for being here. The prayer is now open. Hang out, sign up. Let's have fun. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.